What's up, everyone? I'm Tweak or Gavin. There what up? Again. Bro, I don't know why it makes me laugh. I'm a Marcus or Pink. <laughs> what up, what up? I'm Charles. Get the merch. Get the merch. Ooh. Merch is clean. What's going on? I'm Matt, a.k.a. Has, a.k.a. Hazmat. And today, we're joined again by some amazing guests. We got VGBC Zone, Gimmer and Apostle, and you know them from VGBC, running tournament series such as Glitch, Pound, SmashCon, Smash World Tour, and most recently, the Apex Series. What's up, guys? What's up? What's up? How's it going? How's it doing? What's Real going? quick, we don't run SmashCon. I know, yeah. Just, I just want to put that out right, there. So everybody over. thinks we do. No, don't sorry. worry. No, everybody no, thinks we run SmashCon. Yeah. This is actually good. This is now good. we're clearing this up. Every You're single welcome. person DMs me. Every day asking about SmashCon reg and stuff. So, it's <laughs> all out there. You guys heard it here right. first. DM Gimmer if you have any SmashCon questions. <laughs> Everything SmashCon, DM Gimmer. There you go. At least it's not me. <laughs> Get a possible in there. Make it a group DM. Throw them both in there. Cool. Don't worry. If he doesn't respond, they will DM me. <laughs> <laughs> True. Yeah. So, thanks for joining us, guys. Uh, we're really, obviously, excited to have you on the show. Uh, in terms of Smash, I mean, you guys have been here essentially since the beginning. Uh, you have your own story in here, and I mean, you guys at this point are grown men who, at one point in life, had made a decision that you're going to turn your passion uh, into how you make your money. Uh, and I guess my first question to start this off is: at some point, you must have realized that this was all a possibility. You become streamers and hosts of tournaments, and kind of carry the torch uh, for all Smash content, melee. Uh, ultimate everything or most recent game whatever was there like a particular moment that you guys had or that you ran into that you were like wow this is we could really do this like this could really work out for us yeah um so dang i mean let me let me lay the the foundation first before i get to that moment because it took five years to get to that moment um but what was the first tournament i think that's a good place to start what was the first tournament you guys streamed on vgbc we didn't. We ran tournaments before we could stream, but uh, the first event we ever ran was called Brawl Till You Fall. It was in a karate studio from a family friend, and uh, <laughs> we had like 120 people there. And uh, oh. me and Matt really wanted to make a splash running event. Yeah, so just want to say first tournament we ever ran. Yeah, yeah, that's actually people. impressive. First tournament. That's huge. was in Brawl era. Huge for Brawl. So you got to factor in the inflation. Yeah. That's, that's it, was like a major. it was actually before the first apex and because our registration was going so well apex had to like they like push their date back a month that was like 80 person apex the very first one it was like nobody uh but we basically made a little photoshop template and we like sent to everybody's dm an invite and it had like their main character anyone who was like on the east coast considered the best of their character we made a personalized invite with the character and that like obviously doesn't sound like a big deal but nobody did stuff like that back then so and they got a dm to them like he said on smashboards so like it came out of nowhere and people were just like what the heck is this event like this is hype yeah and you know anything back then to make yourself feel special as a player like went a long way so we got people to show up and then remember how people were like <laughs> it was like they're bragging like if they got one they like were starting threads where they were like i got an invite it was like <laughs> willy wonka the chocolate factory golden ticket kind of thing like, oh my god i got one of the invites yeah. it was pretty awesome it felt good for that reaction to happen yep and then we met with the owners of uh pound plank um after that because like you know we were just like yeah this is fun 
but what's the next step? And we realized at that point that because video game boot camp obviously it sounds like training, so that was our first like, how can we make Smash big? So we're like, what if we made it easier for people to get into it? But then we realized getting more eyes onto it was probably the best way to go. You know, there's no Twitch, there was no good streaming program like back then. Streaming was oh, yeah. it was a complete. It was a crapshoot. It was total hassle. <laughs> But that's the way we wanted to go. And we were also kind of inspired by homemade waffles because he was doing all this West Coast melee stuff on his YouTube channel. And it was, you know, it was going pretty well. So we uh, we had a meeting with Plank and he was just like, you could stream the whole event, but I'm going to need 30 CRTs. So me and Matt. And guess what just happened to be happening that year? Uh, Blockbuster went out of business. So Ooh. we were driving around to all the blockbusters wow. and buying the TVs that they used to hang from the ceilings at the blockbusters. That's yeah. actually how we got the majority of our uh, um, stock of CRTs that we had for a long time. I never and, knew uh, that. Yep. yep. I think we were actually the first vault, like the first CRT vault. We kept it in our mom's garage. Matt, like it was crazy to let Matt do this because they gave him a ladder. Like these were like 50 pound CRTs and you just went up and took them out like... <laughs> Yeah, I was, I was gonna say we have a, a pretty young audience, you know, a lot of Smash Ultimate players. So those of you who don't know, thirty CRTs is roughly like three tons uh, worth of TVs. <laughs> so it really, you know, probably needed a flatbed truck and all these other things to to carry it. So that's yeah. crazy though. I never knew Blockbuster was uh, deep within the roots of the Smash communities in VGBC. Yep. So we got we got those CRTs. We made it happen. The event re- went really well. Um, and at that point. You know, Apex reached out for Apex 2010, so we uh, partnered with them. You know, we had the East Coast CRT Vault, and uh, obviously Apex 2010 was like really good. We had all those interviews with the double mics. We Larry one. <laughs> <laughs> That's That's the one, Larry Larry one, right? Oh, no. The, the Larry the video that came out recently. Mm-hmm. Yep. We saw, I was like, "Yo, is that a fossil?" Interview oh yeah. Larry, <laughs> hold up. So great. You had so many good interviews. My favorite ones, um, Blade. Obviously, mm-hmm. that one too. That one is so good. I appreciate that because uh, I have I have looked back at those interviews from time to time, and I feel like they did not age well. <laughs> it was it was like a different. We were just getting started. We were just young. You know yeah. what I mean? It was, everyone, it was literally young. Like everyone was so young. It's crazy. It was so it was so funny because like I just like uh, just had this standardized like questionnaire. I just asked everyone, and then like it was funny because like. I feel like I knew everyone I interviewed by that point. So it, I think it was definitely something, if I recall correctly, that I was doing like for, it was like supposed to get people who didn't know what was going on with the Smash scene. Like if they saw the interview, it would be cool to be like, oh, look, I'm interviewing the best of this player or arguably the best of this player, you know? So that was a interesting experience. Um, I don't know. Uh, uh, how much we went into this yet, but uh, definitely that was the craziest tournament we were ever part of because we were just doing so much. Like it was, it was like we just tried to do like five things we'd never done before. And uh, I remember that like I was just trying to get the most out of the interviews, so I was just running around and like grabbing people that were on my list, but I was just like grabbing people and doing the interviews. And just as soon as the interview was over. I would have to stop, run, and find the next person and get them to come to the interview spot. So if you look at those, you'll see that like I look like I was working out 
uh, <laughs> interview, I'm just like sweating profusely. And like, that was like one of the memes, like back then people were making a joke. Like, he's so nervous. <laughs> I'm not nervous. I'm, I'm not nervous that I'm interviewing late or something. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not nervous about that. Like, yeah, I actually did one interview that's somewhere on the channel with an ice climbers player just so I could talk to him about tech. It was, it was so cringe. That sounds like something you would do. I know. What do you think Some things that? don't change. Um, uh, and then we did a bunch of streams and, you know, we moved on from Apex. We went to, I guess, Pound, the next Pound, which, you know, don't want to talk about that. Uh, and then Pound was gone for a little bit. And then uh, we went to Genesis 2, but we didn't really go there. We just went there to have fun. It was our first West Coast event. Met all the guys over there. But then at some point um, in 2012, uh, before the Evo Drive, we, we, got, we got our Twitch channel and we got partnered. And we got partnered at Melee FC 10R, I think is what it's called. Like the weekend of. And uh, Twitch gave us front page for party. So uh, we worked really hard on that event. Like at this point, honestly, before this event, me and Matt were very much considering quitting. Um, you know, even back then, there's a lot of politics behind the scenes. It was a lot of hard work. And, you know, there was, there was nothing we were all like fighting over. You know, it's like there's nothing to have. <laughs> so we were just like, oh, man. And then we just like, like, let's just give it our all for this last one. So we got partnered. We, we worked really hard on the trailer for the event. Um, I used like the Dead Island, is that what's called? Soundtrack, that trailer that was really popular uh, to make a really cool trailer. And it was all Melee, by the way. So we had like 3,000 viewers and then we hit front page on Twitch. We got 5,000 viewers and Matt was like on the floor talking to people. So like he found Robin. And Robin was like, yo, I got Big House coming up in a couple months. That's when it was like in a, literally in like a meeting room uh, at a college, like what, 80 by 100 yeah, feet. I forgot about that. So then at there, he met Blur, and then we got Kings of Cali. Um, we did ROM. It was just like every, you know, every two weeks we were going and we were doing something. It started building up. And then the Evo Drive happened. And uh, obviously, we helped with that. Um, the final push was on our channel. Evo comes around, and now we're just like streaming a ton of stuff uh, as much as possible. Bam, 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 bam. And then, uh, I get up. I get hit up bef two weeks before Big House 2013 um, by this guy named Travis, and he's like, "Hey, I'm pre I'm premiering my documentary at Big House. Um, I know you're streaming it. Like, I was wondering if you could like help me QC it, see if I had any issues." So he like sent me over the first episode, and I like watched over it. And uh, the only thing he did is he had like the wrong picture of somebody, Killa Or or something. But like, obviously, the first episode of the doc is like really good. <laughs> So I was like, holy crap, dude, like this thing is awesome. So uh, it was awesome to get to premiere it on the channel. And then obviously the doors opened. And at least um, for me, I think my moment was uh, Evo. Like, because we were already starting to ramp up. So when Evo happened, Evo 2013, um, me and Scar afterwards, we just talked. And I was just like, dude, this is just the beginning. Like, I can just feel it. And then the doc happened and it kind of started becoming obvious. So we just started like every weekend, uh, nonstop, back to back to back. And uh, while still having full-time jobs, but you know, a little younger back then. Well, yeah, I was going to say that was more, more you did a lot of that. Um, 
uh, heavy lifting that year. You you were uh, out on the um, he was out on the road every weekend, and I was stuck at home because I couldn't afford to go to anything. Well, it's I not. Remember, oh, what were you saying? I was. It's not just that. Like uh, I had a job that let me take off whenever I wanted. I just wouldn't get paid if I took off. So like it just gave me freedom to like. All right, I'm going to an event this weekend. And they're like, okay. <laughs> so um, I remember me and Calvin had a talk about when he was going to go full-time VG boot camp because uh, we only made enough money at the beginning for one of us to go full-time. And it obviously made more sense for him to do it. And um, we had been running Xanadu Weeklies for a while. And um, I, uh, I was like the person during the brawl era in our region who kept brawl alive way longer than I probably should have. Like I literally was like going around and just finding different venues so that we could have a different weekend tournament every weekend at a different place in our region. Um, I, there was these guys called uh, D's and sin. They were twins. They had their own venue and they were smashers and they wouldn't do their own tournaments. So I ran tournaments at their venue which was like you know equivalent to what what xanadu was in uh it was like in 2009 was, which is crazy and then i was like there was like a municipal a municipal center or something like that like a boys and girls club that i found that i was running tournaments there and then uh omni ran one kind of big tournament at xanadu and i was just like yo are you gonna keep running tournaments there and he was just like, I'll do it, do one whenever I want. And I was like, yo, Calvin, like Xanadu obviously is gonna want tournaments happening all the time. Omni's uh basically being whack. Let me just go in there and see if they'll let us run the tournaments. And they did, and you know, for a second Omni was mad at me, but I was just like, Bro, you, you told me you didn't know if you're running another tournament. Like, like that's not my fault. Like you just you 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 were aimless. So uh we started the Xanadu Weekly, which used to be a training session we did at our house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For all so hard, and we started building up Xanadu as like the first real uh, yeah, Smash yeah. Weekly that was streamed, and uh, you know all this stuff that Calvin's talking about is going on too. This is more like where I was at, uh, helping getting that started, and then obviously Calvin was just going ham, traveling every weekend, and also running the stream at uh, Tuesday nights and. Um, he gets to go full time and I'm just like, I, I'm working at Sam's club. I'm just like, I don't want to keep working here. I want to get out of this as soon as possible. I want to make going full time work. So I just like figured out what the cheapest bare bones way I could live my life so that I could go full time when this was. And, uh, you know, me and Calvin talked about it and, um, it just happened that, um, uh, the guys who own Xanadu, uh, didn't want to run it anymore. And they offered, uh, they brought me and Calvin and the guy who ran FGC nights and his name's Rugal. He's a old school CVS player, uh, CVS two player. And, uh, basically he was like, I don't want to take over. And we were like, well, me and Calvin talked about it and we're like, well, what we have with Xanadu on Tuesday nights is like something special and it's helping keep our channel alive while, you know, between big events, because, you know, like I said, it, uh, uh, we were barely able to like do it full time. So we just took over and uh, because we had to take over Xanadu, that was also part of the reason I was able to go full time at the beginning. Yeah. So the Xanadu takeover was at the end of 2014. So obviously that's when our channel was like really 
like starting to pop off. It was a few months before Apex 2015, which was obviously just insanity. But Matt just brought something up earlier that I want to touch on that I totally forgot. But yeah, the Xanadu Tuesday Weekly. So we FGC has had weeklies for, for years, and they've all popped off. They've all had a lot of people. But Smash never had it. So me and Matt were just like, we, why don't we just try to do this for Smash? But for the first, I don't know, <laughs> six months, it was like four people and TK on the mic. Yeah, um, who was it? It was like, I think it was Pink would come. Seagull Joe. Yep, Joe. And sometimes Tant would come. Um, logic would come. Sometimes Logic would come. Mm-hmm. And every now and then I could get Noit to come. Oh, snap. And Coney was there most of the time, too. Like that was so, all the entrance? That's it? Yeah. Well, we couldn't even <laughs> have a tournament. We were just, like, playing yeah, so we could play. stream it. And we I actually see. found, because our Twitch archive, uh, because we're a tournament thing, like, they don't erase any of our VODs, we found the VOD of the first weekly at Xanadu, and it wow. opens up, because uh, we only had gameplay. We didn't have a commentator shot, but, like, the gameplay. And you hear TK on the mic. And like he's like, oh my god, seven viewers. VG got it like that. <laughs> <laughs> Only down from oh, here. There's oh. no way it could get better than seven. That's oh the best god. thing I've ever heard. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That it's funny because like um, whenever new people come into the scene, and yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say a boomer thing right now. I'm just gonna say that right now. Never knew people coming to the scene and they're like, oh man, grass, like Smash Scene is so dirt poor and they don't have anything. I'm like, you have no fucking idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm not saying we're esports because we're not, but uh, you have no idea what you're talking about. Like, right. there was people who literally put their blood, sweat, and tears into the scene to make it grow. There was nothing here. It was a barren desert and we <laughs> turned it into an oasis. Kind of. I'm not agreeing with this metaphor at this point, but we're we're here where we are. I'll do that. Yeah, for the audio only listeners, he did do air quotes around Oasis. Just, I think that's important to throw in there, so just so everyone understands. No, it's crazy. It's like when you when you when I think about it now, I was like uh, like 16 or 17, but this was like 12 years ago, right? Like 12, 13, 14 years ago. And uh, I remember like trying to get my parents to let me go to events because I was so young and they were just, they weren't really having it. But eventually once uh, Xanadu started becoming a thing, I was like, hey, it's not that far. It's like 15, 20 minutes from here. And I can get one of my friends to take me that I've been going to tournaments with like here and there for like a year or so. And um, that was like, and I always say this, like uh, every now and then I like bring it up, but like I kind of owe where I am now in life to you guys, like because you started Xanadu, it, it it like gave me a place to where I could go and I could practice. Because brawl, y'all think Smash Ultimate Wi-Fi is bad? Brawl Wi-Fi was abysmal. Like you would so be bad. playing, and sometimes the, it was a power. It would legit be a PowerPoint. Sometimes. It was turn-based like, combat for sure. Yes, yeah. physically painful, for like sure. actually painful. Um, but like just getting like to be able to practice and and like even beyond that, once y'all actually started to grow, like me just being on the channel so much, like gave me like a sort of a presence. So honestly, without you all and Xandu, I probably wouldn't be where I am right now. So again, thank you, as I. Uh-huh. Well, we appreciate that. Appreciate that, man. I yeah, thanks. 
Yeah, I guess the next yeah. thing we could talk about is Smash World Tour, right? Uh, we kind of went over the past of VG and kind of how you guys got to this point. And, I mean, obviously one of the biggest, if not the biggest thing for Smash right now that's happening is Smash World Tour that gives, you know, a huge outlet for all these players. And this is something, just a Smash circuit is something that we've all wanted as a community since God knows how long, right? And it's just so hard to accomplish that. And you guys have done so already and already kicking into the like second season, you know, if you will, mm -hmm. of Smash World Tour. So I guess, uh, yeah, what do you guys got to say about Smash World Tour? Like, obviously, we're all hyped here for this upcoming Smash World Tour coming in. Huge amount of funds, right? Like $250,000 in prize pools. So that's like absolutely insane for Smash. So, um, yeah, I want to say something about this. Uh, so one thing people don't remember because it's a buried part of VG Bootcamp's history and we like to keep it that way, but I'll talk about it here is we started something called the VG National Circuit like year two when we started. And it started with pound. It started with pound, and uh, that first pound we streamed, and uh, we got the next Apex on it, and we were running. Our, we started. To, we said we we're going to run our own events, like at convention centers and stuff. And we took all the profits we made from Pound uh, because we sold food and shirts, and that had never been done at a venue before. So we cleaned up pretty well. Probably made more money at that tournament than we made at any other tournament ran for like eight years or something. <laughs> so we thought, oh, like this is like this is all you got to do to make these things make money. And, and we thought we like had a reasonable business plan. So we ran a tournament in Indianapolis and uh, I looked at all the major tournaments before I picked the date. And uh, what happened was there just happened to be a local tournament that same weekend that happened to just pop off and it was not in the major tournament listings. So I thought we were good and we wouldn't be like competing with anyone causing any problems. Cause I understood you don't like run a tournament. You don't step on toes. Like I understood that. And we signed a contract with the convention center. And that guy was like, I try, I tried to be like, is there anything you can do? Can we work this out? Can we cross promo? Can we do anything? We, we kind of worked it out. No, I have no hard feelings or anything about that. But basically the event failed and we lost all the money we made. <laughs> and MLG was like announced right after that. And uh, right after they announced, we were able to just like it would slowly like slink away with our tail between our legs and like just cancel the circuit and not say anything about Cut it. Circuit. <laughs> just let it go. We're like, well, because MLG is happening, you know, it's just, you know, it just made sense. You know, everyone bought that, so. But one thing that um, I always said and I always told people is we were going to do this world tour. I always said it was going to happen. And um, one thing that I'm pretty proud of is like almost everything that I've ever said we were going to accomplish, we've done. And that was like the last big one that I said we were going to do this. And I said it for years and years to people. I was like, you know, people, people will be on the sidelines of a major and be like, oh, man, I just wish Smash was bigger. Like, Don't worry, man, we got you. We're going to make it happen. I got you. And we did, and I'm just very proud of that fact. So I just wanted to juxtapose where we came from and our original <laughs> failure with this. Yeah, so uh, to give you a little bit of history of like why it took so long from point A to point B once PG Bootcamp blew up, um, you know, there was always whisperings and, and of a tour eventually happening right in the scene. 
um, different people we worked with, like, hey, I'm working on it, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, me and Matt never wanted to, like, come in as this, like, compete against our own people, you know what I mean? Uh, so, you know, we were always backing it. Um, and then after a while, uh, we just, we didn't think it was going to happen. So we, in 2017, we actually got with a group of TOs and we made a deck with all their stuff. We're like, hey, why don't we just try to make something happen? Um, and they all said no. It's understandable. They were still hearing rumors of more official type things and everything. So we were just like, all right. And then a couple of years went by and we were like, all right, we're just going to do it. So in 2019, you know, Ultimate just came out. Things were going really well. We uh, uh, talked to Justin from SmashCon, the owner of SmashCon. And we were just like, yo, let's do it. So we started planning in June 2019. And reaching out to TOs, and I think you, uh, I think you meant 2018. No, June 2019 is when we started planning because we announced in March. You're right, you're right. My bad, my bad. We announced four days before COVID. COVID like <laughs> messed with my perception of the last four years. <laughs> yeah, true, understandable. Yeah, but you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest. There was like a silver lining of relief because just like what we got ourselves into with the 2020 World Tour, you know, a lot of time went by until the 2021 one. So like, you know, every year you get better at what you're doing. There's a lot of growth. So something Calvin forgot to mention is the reason the one of the main reasons we pushed to do 2020 um, was because of ultimate. And we were like, this game is very good. We've had, you know, a rough couple iterations. You know, the, I love all the old versions of Smash. I'm not trying to talk any smack, but there but Melee's viewership kind of kept staying at the top even though new games are coming out and uh obviously that affects us because of what we do and this game came out and we just immediately like within two weeks of the game coming out we were like yeah like we got to make this happen because this is this is the way the scene goes to the next level so it was really important to us because we just you know we've seen so many lifespans of games we've kind of like started to like you know figure it out of like when you got to make stuff happen or it will never happen like you got to go with the momentum kind of thing. So we, we just knew it was really important. And that's why we got to the point where we couldn't wait for anyone else anymore. We were like, we got to do this now. Like no more sitting patiently around and, and for other people to say something's going to happen and it doesn't happen. So like we just we, we really knew like this is the opportunity for the community and we had to make it happen. So that was a driving force for us in a lot of ways. Yeah. And then moving on to 2021. Um like obviously that tour was like the hardest thing we've ever done because we had to run 25 events by ourselves um or with our core group um on a 2020 budget because the 2020 tour was a like all community events you know yeah shout outs to uh kevin he never gets any uh oh yeah, yeah kevin. He never gets his name dropped so I had to worth partner so we got we got to show him <laughs> but basically we took a a tour budget that was for just managing the tour and the finals, we had to run 25 events. So it basically meant the core group had to do everything. Um, and we had like, you know, obviously we had amazing partners all over the world and we couldn't have done it without them. But we, since like mid late 2019, we have been in two calls a day for Smash World Tour. So about two hours a day besides weekends. Wow. Just in meetings. Yeah, just meetings for core <laughs> staff. So that doesn't include other meetings regarding VG Bootcamp, Xanadu, the tour in general. 
all this other stuff. So then to have to plan 25 events, you know, that's basically every two weeks there's an event and 11 of them were online. Um, but our resources were so strained that, you know, when we announced this online circuit, uh, and like there was backlash and all this other stuff, we just didn't have the time or energy to like reach out to all the top players and get in calls with them and explain everything. So obviously there were some optic issues with the first year because we just didn't have the energy to properly uh, like respond to certain things that people were saying and like drama and all this other stuff that wasn't true. And we oh, didn't yeah. have to respond to it either. And, yeah. and, and just to follow up on kind of like what I said going into doing it the first time, that's also the reason why we had to make it like we were like, okay, we're forced to not do it this year because of the pandemic but we have to make something happen. And we had to bet um, that we would be able to, we would be able to figure out that transition back into live events in time. Uh, we just had to take a guess because we were like, once again, if ultimate is forced online for two whole years and there's nothing like official or cool happening for it, that is a death sentence for a scene, or at least that was one of our fears, you know, obviously, uh, um, we could have maybe done nothing and maybe it could have been okay. But like, you know, that's, <laughs> we, we couldn't risk that. Like we, we knew the scene, like we spent so much time helping grow this scene. We weren't willing to just like, Oh, let's just see what happens. So, you know, that's base, you know, that's basically the, the optics we didn't get to really talk about and, and, and the kind of the part of it that we never get to tell people about uh, usually because, it's just, you know, you try to say something like that when there's so many variables, you're just going to get a bunch of people tell, saying you're making excuses and, and stuff like that. And it's just like, we, we don't want to fight that. You know what I mean? We're, we're not trying to fight that fight optically. It's just, it's just, it, it is what it is. We know why we're doing it. We know, we know what's in our hearts. You know what I mean? But like, people might be like, oh, you're doing it for this reason or that reason. It's just like... Yeah, I see why you think that. I can see how you could see it that way. So it's just like that was one of those things where it's like when we're doing all that work, it's just like we didn't really have uh, – we, first off, we didn't have the time. We didn't have the energy. And I say personally, I didn't have the heart to have that fight against the public. So And plus we knew that like, hey, if, if it's not reasonable to do X or Y, we will wait. We're not we, – we didn't – we never forced an event when, when – uh, we thought it would be unsafe. We always waited it out. Yeah. We had like, to delay like three regional finals every week. Yeah, it was, lot, it was yeah. such a, like having to replan an entire event and for our, for, like our TOs in different countries, it was terrible for them too. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. But with, like including all the players and the TOs, we had like 250 people we were in constant communications with. So like having to communicate with these people and then like, Oh look, some 16 year old, uh, is just talking out of their ass about the world tour because they were invited to something. And it's like, I just, I can't like, what am I supposed to do? Son a 16 year old as like the smash world tour. Like, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. but honestly last year, like we had so many struggles and hurdles that we really just don't care anymore. So like anytime anyone says anything, I just hit them up. Just like, yeah, it, I don't sell kinda, anything, it, but it, I just, well, he, I think what you're, basically what you're saying is like we have been through so much that we kind of like oh like that 
seems scary, like dealing with X or Y seems scary, but now that we've been through it, it's just not scary anymore. It's like, oh, it's just, it's just someone having a bad day inventing new cycle. Take, you know, it's it's people forget that we're from, like I said, we're from the dirt. We were there, and there's nothing, so they don't realize how personally we take some some of this stuff sometimes. But then we like process it. But yeah. like when we first hear it, it's like getting punched in the face, and you're like, oh, wow, I got hefted up, <laughs> and then you realize like, oh, that didn't hurt. Yeah. <laughs> also, like, there can be nothing worse for us than underdog boost thing that happened. So, like, I just Man, don't think it's really possible it. for us to ever to get that stressed out ever again. Back <laughs> when we thought that it was on the entire tournament. Um, oh, oh yeah, yeah that for was an like, hour. Yeah. yeah, that that hour was pretty rough uh, for all of us. Yeah, I was just trying to like. I knew there was nothing we could do, so I was just trying to like cheer up Calvin and Justin by like cracking jokes and stuff, and they were just like just they just looked like zombies they just they just looked like oh my goodness my world is crumbling and i was like all right guys come on we got this let's yeah. go yeah i mean it was a rough, <laughs> it was a rough year and this was like the payoff that we finally get to do an in-person event i think Why? i think that's such an important part of the scene too is just understanding that there are so many people involved and so many people from not just different walks of life but also different just ages man like just different ways people handle things like it's like it's like a different like I don't know, like how to handle stuff and how to, you know, deal with difficult situations is I think something that a lot of us have learned, you know, from the Smash community for sure. Like just kind of how to handle stress and like social media and all that stuff. It's really interesting, like the direction that the community has kind of gone in recently. Well, yeah, I would say you say what you're going to say. That real quick. I actually have a script someone gave me that makes it so when I go on Twitter, because I usually go there to check my DMs, I can't see my timeline. Uh, so I can't get distracted by it when I'm like going to get my DMs. So if any of you all want it, you know, after the call, I got you. I don't know that anything that's going so, on. So dope. <laughs> <laughs> or the message system is like the base Twitter yeah. or whatever, and then it's you just can a go big to... blue nothing, and then like the normal thing on the side, and then I click. Yeah. Because yeah. I always go to Twitter to go to my DMs, and then I see something on my timeline, and I get distracted or upset. Yeah. So I'm just like I'm getting. Uh, I'm done with that. So, so I, I want to I want to talk about the social media aspect of the scene for a second. Um, I hate it, obviously. Um, who doesn't? Um, but uh, the one thing that I just can't get over is how like people um, who are part of the scene will just like do stuff that negatively affects like themselves first off, but like the future of the scene. It's like, come on, guys, like like we're all working together here you know what i'm saying like it's just weird to me that people are willing to like say these nasty things about the scene or like make all these jokes at the scene's expense as it, it's just like and it's like people who like no offense they have never like built any part of the scene up they have not contributed they're usually just participants of the things other people have created. And it's just like, come on, man, you're over here like gorging on this buffet that all these people have created. And then you're just like, then you're just writing the one star Yelp review. It's like, it's like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. this is, you're gonna lead to like there being less. So just stop. Like, help, yeah. let's help uplift each other. Like, let's work together. I mean, I know what I'm saying is never gonna happen, but like, that's just how I think and feel about it. And I'm just like, I just personally can't get it. I know like being negative gives you clout and that helps you grow in the short term, but it's like, why does no one think about the long term? I just don't get that. Yep. I mean, yeah. also me and Matt, like 
just on a like i guess an ideological level like we don't like we could respond to a lot of this stuff and like i know in recent time i have been like you know being a little more aggressive like when i made the thing about no johns and all that but you know we kind of want to be like a beacon of light you know what i mean we don't want to be like these like grumpy old men complaining about everything complaining about the complainers right like it's just counterproductive um but you know sometimes being a little aggressive works you You don't always got to camp that's true 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 but it's just it's just how you approach it you just can't we can't look like old man yelling at cloud, right? Like we gotta, yeah, we gotta actually be strategical with how we uh, we address it. Also, so um, two actually two things I want to mention. One, I when the underdog boost thing happened with Smash Bros. Tour, part of me was like, "Dang, this is brutal!" Because all these people like flew from another country and et cetera, et cetera, and this is like a bad look, and it it's just nothing like this has ever happened before. And then I remember Genesis and Point Nine, and I was like, oh, that was literally someone from another country where this happened to. And I mean, Genesis is fine. So I don't know. I wasn't around during that time, so I couldn't say anything about that. Or like, I don't know how y'all were feeling, but that's definitely something where it's like, you know, things like that happen. And I think people definitely understand, like, you try your best, but sometimes, like, it's some things out of your control. Like, unless you're literally between every set, I'm checking the, the rules. Like, that could be something you implement. But beforehand, you know, you have to make mistakes to learn and grow. Yeah. So it, it wasn't like... It's actually in our run of show now, in between every block. It's a check, underdog boost, mm-hmm. point nine of, Yeah, see? Yeah, so you got it. Something, yeah. something you learned. It's true event coordination. You can't control every single factor, but you've mm-hmm. learned from experience. You know what goes wrong and how to try to prevent it the best you can next time. But it's just like any live production of anything, you know, like a play or what, it, like you try to do your best to account for every single thing, but it's just not yeah. possible at the end of the day. Yeah. There's no way you could know, you know, exactly everything that's going to happen. So I'm sure you've seen a million things like that before. Internet sucks at the venue. You can't stream yeah. it like any, yeah. I'm sure I used you to trust me out so much. Yeah. Just don't care not anymore. anymore? Yeah, I, I don't want to. We took we took that obviously very seriously, and I I don't want to make any jokes or anything. But we were like, after that happened, we were like just hoping so much that everyone placed their seating because of that. Because yeah. it was like, please just get the place of your seat so we can <laughs> say that it didn't affect anything. <laughs> it's the only way. <laughs> Our only way out. Well, it's like, yeah, it's like MKLeo won. I was like, all right, uh, nobody's <laughs> going to be like, MKLeo wouldn't have won. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? So I was, like, <laughs> I was like, oh, man. Like, honestly, like, I was, like, personally, I was like, dang, Cosmos might win this. This is going to be hype. But I was like, from just the optic point of view, I was like, oh, my goodness, please. Oh, man. It was rough times. That's I'm sure. wondering why you were cheering for Leo so hard in the crowd. Now I know. Yeah, Wait. You know me. I'm just like, been against Leos in state one, so yeah, you're pulling like the American flag up, and you're like, "Let's go!" Yeah, I was, I was like, "Wow, this is really weird." I never see a fossil doing this kind of stuff. But with that being said, um, what have you learned? I guess going into the next Smash Road tour, the current Smash Road tour, that you uh, like from the mistakes that you may have mistakes in air quotes that you may have made from the uh, first World tour. So. Yes. Can I go first? Yeah. So, like, first and foremost, like, obviously, like, mistakes that are made in the moment that you can't do anything about. We, Calvin, like Calvin said, we placed things 
we've placed procedures in place to help double check those things to make even sure even more that they don't happen. But I would say the overall thing that we've had to learn is just um, getting exponentially more, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Productive. So that uh, we just with our time, because um, we just know that like, oh, like we spent too much time on this or we spent too much time on that and being able to like have shorter conversations on certain topics and stuff like that. Because a lot of things is management and organizational. It's just like, you know, we're just adding more th more bowling pins into what we're juggling. So it's just about being able to do that. Um, and I think uh, the number one thing that we wanted to do a better job this year going forward is kind of making it, making the appeal of Smash World Tour more grandiose and... Um, more hype and just kind of <laughs> what uh, I'm doing this wrong. I can't point the right way. <laughs> Stage Whatever. right, yeah. But um, yeah, just doing that and uh, just uh, trying to show off what we're doing, like, and by that I mean like as you see how hype some of the parts of the world that weren't really able to participate last year and in in normal years past didn't really get a spotlight. So. That is just something that we're really excited to do is bring this world stage to the Smash community because, like, we all know that, like, you know, and the MK Leos, the Tweaks, you guys, you guys have been in the spotlight for a very long time, and you deserve it, and you deserve it. But uh, we're just trying to give uh, more opportunities because, you know, who knows? Maybe the next uh, MK Leo, the next next Tweak, will be from a region that a new a new region that a uh, goat has not come from yet. Yeah. So. That's just part of what we want to bring to the community. It's a, Go ahead. It's, a, it's like a nice parallel, too, because we kind of asked, you know, how you guys got started. And you have that story of TK saying there's seven viewers. No one, None of those seven viewers knew, you know, TK would be in the position that he is in today. And it's nice to kind of see you guys pay forward and say, you know, at one point, no one knew who we were either. No one knew what Xanadu was. No one knew what any of this shit was. We were just kind of out here doing this stuff. And as a caster, I mean, you guys have hired me and Charles and so many other people. I'm casting these scenes. I've, I've never even heard of any of the players before, though. Uh, but it's just amazing to watch them play. And, like, I think you guys have seen it, too. Like, every region has, like, a unique kind of style and way they kind of look at the game and, like, their own little meta and, like, all this shit. It's just really interesting to see. I think the way I keep saying it about Smash World Tour is that, like, it's expanding our universe, but also shrinking it so much because we're all so much closer together uh, and have these opportunities to see all these different players and play styles and all this other shit. It's just, it's been really, really cool, honestly. And, a lot of other scenes too have been popping off. Like EU's been doing really well in mm -hmm. Japan. Like it's just easier to watch all these tournaments. Like who would have ever thunk it, you know, some point from that first, you know, seven viewer party to where we are now that this is where it is. So I just love to see it, man. It's been, it's been really great being a part of Smash World Tour, honestly. Oh yeah. Thanks. We appreciate that. I mean, uh, yeah, I definitely agree with all that. And I think it kind of just like follows what me and Matt's vision has been from the start. We've kind of just been like trailblazing forward, right? We're always ahead just like destroying the brush, trying to create a path. And the whole time we're just trying to raise the tide, right? So everybody's going up together. And I think it's just like Smash World Tour is kind of just the next step for that because just it's obviously like harder and like now we're growing smaller scenes. So it's like not as like profitable for us to like be focusing on Brazil, right? You know, like if we're just completely talking about your bottom line. But we're always thinking way ahead um, because if everything's bigger and every every scene starts getting that one player everybody's watching, it creates storylines. Um, 
it helps uh, with a saturation problem in the U.S. with events if, you know, those are the only players that people care about, right, besides Japan. And now, you know, it's starting to happen in Europe. Like, people are starting to care about, you know, more European players than just gluttony. Stuff like that. Um, it's just necessary, right? It's necessary. You know, English is what? One million, one billion English speakers. Uh, U.S. only has 300 million people. Like, Smash is a worldwide game. Um, especially Ultimate. Like, uh, like 25 million copies at this point um, all over the world. So we just want to keep expanding and making it bigger. And uh, we're just excited because, like Matt said, you know, what was it, like six years ago, Leo, six years, 2016, about six years ago, uh, Leo had already been having rumblings and he, and he came out. But there's going to be, I think there's this kid in South Korea that uh, is 13 and at his first tournament he beat a couple of their best players his first in-person tournament so oh wow um they're saying that he's like growing as a player really fast (laughs) so i'm excited to see you know things like that we got a duck hunt that just won ultra hard yeah there you go i was actually gonna ask because we're mentioning about like beginnings and stuff i was so curious i guess this question can kind of go to more than just Gimmer and Apostle. Also, Mark is a bit too, because he's from the region. But do y'all remember when I went to my first Xanadu? Yeah. <laughs> sure. No, you, you did a I, I remember that for some reason. Oh, I wonder why. I, I was just Tell us, what, what the heck? I just want to hear what everyone, what everyone thought about that, because it was weird, because I was also playing Bowser, Bowser Jr. Jr. back then. Right. So. What what year? I mean, how, like how old? Dude, was I don't even know. Maybe this was 20, 2014, probably twenty fourteen or fifteen, yeah. early twenty fifteen. So you're like seventeen, yeah. sixteen. I was, I was, I was, I was in high school. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, so, so you beat me. I know that. I think I was like your first round. Is this him versus Neo? <laughs> mm-hmm. It is. Oh man! It Can is. we get that F smash at the end, please? <laughs> the F smash at the end. Um. So basically, you know, me and Matt. We, we don't really talk about publicly about players and talent because given our position, at least for me personally, I don't want to ever come off as biased because like we're the, just the production company where all the VODs are. So I never really talk about like, who's my favorite player to watch or anything like that. So we, we were already new. Like when we saw you playing, we were like, all right, like, this kid is following that path, right? That trajectory. And you're using <laughs> Bowser Jr. Um, but I think uh, you were you were on a Pennsylvania tournament. You're going to some New Jersey weekly that was on Smash Studios. And Evan from Smash Studios was hitting us up and just going like, you see this kid tweak? Ma, he's just destroying people. <laughs> so I started like watching you play. And, uh, you know, we're bringing players out. Every once in a while, we were just like, we got to bring Tweak out. Like, this kid's destroying people with Bowser Jr. And then <laughs> the funny thing about you destroying Neo, and Neo's a very good friend of mine, is Neo's mindset on Smash is like, it's like methodical and neutral, and he's very judgmental if people don't play the way he thinks people should play the game. So the fact that you beat him with Bowser Jr., he was not happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> Like, at all. He was just like, oh, man, he's just playing cheesy and he got me with stuff because I didn't know how to deal with it and all this other stuff. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I, I, I knew you were gonna win when you came. Um, I think there was a point in Xanadu's history was like the joke was like, who are we gonna bring out to beat everybody next time? Yeah, I remember the the theme was. So at the time, I was like one of the better players from Tri-State, but I wasn't like, I was like, you know, like number 10 at best. Like I wasn't even like top 10 or anything like that. So they were just like, oh, is it just like Tweak's turn to like come down to Xandu and win? Like, like I think TK or someone was literally saying something along those lines on the mic. So I was just, I just figured that was a funny story to mention, especially because we were talking about like early Xandu days. So <laughs> I don't even was I even at that tournament? I don't know. I don't recall me being at the tournament. I don't think but so. I remember I showed up because I I was a grind lord, so I would go to work, and then if I had work, sometimes I had work on Tuesdays, and after I finished work, I would go to Xanadu to either play or like watch whatever's happening. And I remember showing up at the end, and I mean Neil got smoked, and afterward someone challenges Gavin. It's like Ike to a money match or something. And he smokes them. And I'm like, who is this kid, bro? Like, <laughs> kid. And it's funny because like he's like, he, he like had to go. I think he's like about to leave. So he just like smokes them real quick. He just takes them money. He's like, all right, I gotta go. And he just leaves. And I was like, oh, this kid is the future, bro. <laughs> that was my first interact. That was the first time I ever interacted with Tweak. I was like, bro, this kid is crazy. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I was in school and like I was going to so many local tournaments that I actually started to do like poorly in school or like I was like missing like requirements or something. So I, I, I probably just had to leave cause my parents were mad at me or something. But, uh, yeah, I, I used to go to locals and like, I would just use random characters too until like all the really good players started showing up. I was just doing really well with like anyone I picked. I even played a uh, Siegel Joe in a money match after this tournament. That's what it was. Yeah, you smoked him with Ike. I was like, bro, what? Something like that. I I, I think I might have done more than one money match, but... (laughs) Yeah, I think I I just was like... Already just thought you were going to win when you came. Like, I I was pretty much just like... Yeah. Like, I I remember there's there's some people that came that it was like, we have a chance. We we can take this guy. But I think, like... (laughs) I don't think I recall thinking that way because I because if we lose to someone I thought that I remember being like salty. You know what I mean? Like because we're we competed, so we're like uh, we have competitive mindsets, and we obviously have a lot of regional pride. Uh, you know, because we basically ran a lot of the region for a long time. So, uh, but you, I just remember you coming, and then there was no negative feeling, and it wasn't like because. Like we knew you because we didn't know you yet. It was like because like oh we know of him and we know his skill level, so this isn't like insulting. <laughs> like, yeah, this, this is what's supposed to happen. Yeah, I mean it's it's also back to like that vision I talked about with me and Matt. Like anytime some new player comes up and starts destroying people, we just think it's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun, and you know those thumbnails. You're a thumbnail master, dude. Every yeah. time I see an obscure character, I'm like, all right, Gimmer's happy. Gimmer's he, happy. Vision every time. Like, he's like, oh, this. You think last weekend? Oh, my God. Yeah. Corin? <laughs> Corin, oh. though? Come on. Leo is Corin? Anyone? 
when I go to Xanadu, I actually know, like, some part of me in the back of my head knows that they're, they, like, do that with the thumbnail. So sometimes, like, I, like, play a character mid-set, and I'm like, are they going to put this in the thumbnail? Like, I went mostly this character throughout the set, and then I, I played this character one game, lost, and then went back to the character I was winning with and won. And then I look, and I'm like, why is Sora in this thumbnail? I've ne- I didn't win a game. Like, what's going on? They go and just come in here and be like, wait, what? This bro, this dude Sora's trash. And then just keep it moving. Like, I mean, at this point, you know what you know what it is. True. Only true. blame yourself at this true, point. True. <laughs> I mean, React I, to it. I used to go to, uh, every time a new character came out, I used to go to the weekly just to play that new character on stream versus a really bad player round one. It was... It was a little grimy. <laughs> Dang. Like I like uh Jeez, comes out. I like when Hero came out, I like used the hatchet to break this it was like the last stock of the set. And I broke his shield with Hatchet Man. And this is like two days after the character came out or something. And then I ran up to him and like kamikaze was there. I was like, Oh man, I'm gonna have to do it to him. <laughs> <laughs> I had to do it. Get those views, David. Yeah, and then we get a bunch of comments going, Gamer is so good. Yes. The Smash 4, man, it just carries with me still, even though I'm trash. I just Are you trash with this game? You're pretty I, I think people don't know how much you lab and how much you guys both of you actually play. I was gonna get into that. I, yeah. I like playing with uh, like Matt, you and I played a lot at Smash World Tour. We did probably about a half hour friendlies, if not more. It was I was fun. I was off, man. I was, sure, it, was yep. bad, it was a bad day. <laughs> Good day for me. See ya. Uh, yeah, it, it's guy. great. I'm still salty. But I think uh, <laughs> I think uh, I'll be at more events, dude. I'll see you. I'll see you. You can get run back um, after I deal with Leo. Then you can. Then you can. You know, I'll see you at Genesis. Um, <laughs> so the uh, the thing I was going to say is, and I think this is so true, is and you'll see it for people who stick around the community, make a name for themselves, and really find success. Is that the truest thing? And this is always what I look for in commentators too. Is like how much you actually care about the game. Like how much you know. The love of the game, like you guys said, you came from, there's no money, there's no nothing in the scene, you just did it for the love of the game. And that's always like the most important thing to me when people start getting involved, when players start doing well, commentators start doing well, production people, new channels, all this stuff. It's like, well, how much do you really love the game? And I always see that in the two of you is like how much you still like to play it and lab it and like kind of figure things out. And it's just really cool to see. Thanks, I appreciate that. Yeah, um, so me and Matt have kind of like, I mean, we're just Smash players, right? Like yeah. we're not, we're not, um, like Melee was my first game. I still think it's probably the best game ever made. Um, but I just, I just like moving on to the next game. And part of that is me. I mean, you guys know I'm a labber. So like, I just, I really enjoy the experience of, of discovering new things and learning new things. Um, and also like Matt said, like ultimate's a really good game. Like it's really, really good and it's only going to get better and stocks are only going to start going away faster um as people optimize everything they're doing um so yeah i mean like we got so lucky with this game i mean just look how many characters there are third party like how balanced it is yeah oh yeah that's the new characters winning all these tournaments and stuff and i mean i will say that i have somewhat of a gripe with like the amount of tech stripped away like shield dropping and stuff like that that kind of sucks but i also understand through like the overall growth of the game that might have been better, right? Just because you don't want to put too... If you put too many skill barriers in a game, then people will feel 
in like it's impossible right when they get into the game. Smash and as annoying as it is when I go on Elite Smash and I get sauce and I'm just like, God, this like person just mashing and blah blah blah. It's like at the end of the day, that's the reason what's well, one of the many reasons why this game is so big. But I think that you guys still find a lot of tech, right? I, I feel like this game not having a lot of tech can be it's it's, it's not as much as like previous games but i think there's still a decent amount of tech in this game that is underexplored and you know what i mean and like option selects all that other stuff and you guys have made content about that and i and i know gamer zone is lab i know apostle labs a bunch about this game too you guys probably do it together i would assume you guys just know a lot about the game and you try to break down the mechanics right mm-hmm. um are we getting into this now is this hell real? yeah we're getting into this the yeah, nerdy yeah. shit <laughs> i was gonna ask it sooner or later because uh, you two are some of my favorite people to talk about the game with, and I feel like a lot of people just might not expect that because you guys like aren't on the camera competing and all that stuff, or you know, this is your first time on the show. Like, like Charles, Howes, Marcus, like I love talking about the game with them too. But like you and Gimmer, like whenever I'm hanging out with y'all, like I love talking about the game with you guys because we get to talk about really nuanced stuff that I don't get to talk about often, and you guys are that's kind of like your thing as and yeah. so I, I feel like we just talk about like some of the weird areas of the game and it's it's one of my favorite things to do so i definitely like to hear you know some of your guys thoughts on the, the game and the future of the game and stuff like that on the show because i feel like it's just not expected from the viewers as well so so i i think i'm coming to the self-realization that my point of view of the game is heavily skewed on the character i play um i'm trying to open my mind to like listen to what other people say who, who know what they're talking about not just any random person um for like the stuff i have overlooked because you know i feel like i'm over here with like a magnifying glass looking at like this little thing and i'm like this is really cool like today like i i even i i <laughs> calvin's gonna hate me for bringing this up but i told him i was gonna bring it i was gonna sneak it into this i i uh and messing around with this thing with Squirtle where he can land faster by up airing and um, like on platforms and stuff or jump back on the stage. Uh, and um, I just slabbed that for like two hours a day. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just slabbed it for two hours a day. Two hours of my life is gone because I saved like five frames <laughs> up airing to land on platforms. And uh, so, so I, I, I think I, I get where you're coming from. I, I feel like if you talk to me long enough, though, then you start to feel like this guy doesn't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> this guy knows about Squirtle. <laughs> well, if you, if you do the math, really, if you labbed it for two hours, but you save five frames off of every up air from there on out, you're kind of coming out ahead. You know what I mean? Like, how many <laughs> frames? Eventually, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, it adds up. You did a lot more up airs. <laughs> yeah, uh, for me, uh, just when it comes to, to micro interactions, like I think it's always been my thing. Um, I don't know if this is related at all, but uh, last year I was, I was diagnosed with ADHD. Um, I have real trouble uh, on a, in a macro sense, paying attention to things. Um, like even when I play a regular video game, like I always like start like, I'm like in the corner trying to break through the wall. Like, I don't know why uh, I'm just like start going towards that route. So like when Ultimate um, was announced and they had it playable at, at E3, I got 30 minutes with the game at the Nintendo booth. 
with a handheld camcorder that ran at 60 frames per second. So I literally wrote down like every mechanic I could think of to get on camera and to like, like air dodge or hold shield to like actually see when this thing ended or, or this or that. And I like kind of like got everything immediately. Um, like before the game came out and then I made a video about it, but because I was so busy, it was like two months after E3, like, so nobody watched it, which is like everything about ultimate in, in three minutes or something like that. And I like kind of went over every mechanic, but there's just like, there are mechanics and things about in this game that people like still really don't know about. Um, that's interesting. Like most people don't know that when you regrab the ledge, all your ledge options have way less invincibility and everybody buffers one immediately when they uh, regrab the ledge because they're afraid they're going to get hit. Right. So basically like ledge rolls, like you can hit them like way earlier now, like so you can like hit multiple options at once. And you know when to time it because everybody buffers their get-up options the second time because they're afraid they're going to get spiked or something, right, when they regrab the ledge. And that's just one thing. But uh, there's just, like, lots of stuff like that because, you know, I think because of the way Smash is, it's so free flow, right? It's, like, it's not a fighting game. Fighting games are very direct. It's, like, they block this plus two. There's no shield drop 11 frames and three jumps, jump squat and, and all this other stupid stuff to, like, Refigure out like if this move is actually safe on shield, right? Because air drift, like everything like that. So I think most top players are very just sense. It's like they they sense they absorb information quickly. They never really break it down. Obviously, you're you're an exception tweet because you're kind of both. <laughs> I was gonna say you want to start beating some of these characters. They're gonna want to start learning that stuff. Yeah, you know, you're fighting a Kazuya. You want to know that he cannot punish what you're about to do. <laughs> yeah, of course. Like that, I, I'm like I I I'm I always say that there's two neutrals in Smash. I say there is the fighting game neutral, where like you create a scenario like set play where you know the frame data, you know your options, you create a world in which like, uh, you know, I'll really nerd out here. It's like you know, kind of like Jujutsu Kaisen. You create, you create your, you create, you create, well, I don't even know what it's called. I don't even remember. Domain domain expansion. Expansion. Your domain, you create your domain, you create your domain, but the real smash neutral is outside of that. You have to force that so hard to get that. Yep. Exactly. FGC is way easier to force. Yeah. Honestly, on that point too, I've always felt like, and I love fighting games. I came from fighting games. Like I think they're amazing, but I always felt like comparatively, Fighting games are like on a grid. Like you can only move so many spots, yeah. and like you can only jump when you jump. Like you're, you're stuck, stuck in the jump or yeah. whatever. You're yeah, stuck is a good word. Or on, I always felt like it's on a grid. Whereas Smash, it's like, dude, if I want to just jump off stage, like I could just do that if I really wanted to. Like it, and free flowing is just the way to go. And that's why, even though I like playing both a lot, I still play fighting games, but I much prefer Smash just for that exact reason. Is that not that things can't be figured out and things you know, aren't solved, but at the same time, the options, it just feels like there's so much more there to work with. Yep. Yep. I, I agree. A hundred percent. But I, I do, I still believe it, man. I still believe in it that people are going to get to the point where they're just like locking people down hardcore. I mean, like I, it's not all like what I'm talking about. Like a lot of it's, you know, going to be the smash way of doing it. Like, Oh, I locked you down by like jumping around and, doing like 
drift fake outs and stuff like that. But I really like, at least my play style, the way I like to look at the game is by I know what's going on. I know if I do this, it's safe. I know how to limit your options and I know the frame data. And I never, and I didn't used to play like that. I didn't used to play like that. I only started playing like that for this game because I try to take this, I'm trying to take this game more seriously than I've taken a Smash game before. And I used to just, um, I used to just like do uh, practice tech execution and uh, tricks, like figuring out stuff. Back in the, okay, it's all about that. Back in the day, oh. <laughs> if you figured yep. something out, it was such so much more of an advantage. So much more of an advantage. People were just like, I didn't know that. Like I like I didn't know that exists in the game. Like I know that's kind of a thing in Ultimate too, because there's so many characters. But like Hiding tech was a huge thing back in the day for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, it was crazy. I discovered air releases in Brawl. Grab releases? You you discovered a lot of things in Brawl Gamer. That, I, I that remember watching like a the, bunch of yeah. like uh, how to punish Meta Knight Tornado videos and like a bunch of and, and like I think Brawl was sick because it had so much tech, right? Yeah. Like, Dacus. Remember the buffered Dacus? Yeah. Is that what you're talking about? Like the where you just explode? That was like <laughs> when they figured that out. Like, but, oh man, I wish buffer stacking still existed. That was such a fun but janky mechanic. Imagine right. if I could do nope buffer Dacus with Diddy Up Smash. Holy moly! They call out. Give me hydroplaning. What about, what about Meister, dude, sliding across the stage, the gaming watch? Invincible Up Smash. Yeah, oh, <laughs> awesome. dude. That's what I'm talking about. Wait, 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 wait. You just, you're the reason that I was getting grab release and brawl when I played Lucas? No, not the grounded one. Oh, all right. I'm at the air release. Like the Meta Knight one. Oh, right. like, War, like Wario. Wario, Meta Knight. I had like a uh, video. Yoshi, Yoshi doing that to people, yeah. Like I, I can't remember exactly. I had like a video with Bowser. Because Bowser had like a 10 frame advantage, right? With ground release, right? Mm-hmm. So he could just like... But... In, in a brawl, in between hits, if you broke out, you could air release. But if you were getting hit, you automatically ground released. But Bowser's hit was so slow that people could wiggle out to go in the air. And then at the very end of the video, I was like, oh, by the way, you got like even more of an advantage. So like if they do an air release, you can just hit them. And like I just didn't realize that that was like actually part <laughs> that mattered. <laughs> because every other character is like, you know, the whole like Marth spiking uh Meta Knight yeah. was only possible with that. And like yeah. anything yep. to hurt Meta Knight. Didn't, didn't that turn out to work with like someone in melee too or something? But yeah, Bowser in melee. It turned out that he, that's why the release, the ground of grab release was ten frames because he had it in melee. But in melee, you could just air or ground release whenever you want. That game was just, it was just janky. Yeah, <laughs> I think the the one of the best things about. Uh, you guys as well since you guys started off as players you've seen many cycles of different games is one thing that i really enjoy especially now that you guys are just a lot more refined at it is you guys understand the practicality of tech right because you know some people find tech and it's like the main question is does it matter and how much does it matter right and i i shout outs to the the gamer footstool right i know Mm -hmm. a lot of people were (laughs) memeing on that but like legitimately it changes a ton of matchups there's like some characters that cannot hit you and uh i think we were talking about this earlier gamer but you know just like not in a sense where oh yeah just burn your double jump and disadvantage just to fish for it but in the situation where you do burn your double jump and disadvantage you still have an option against characters like mario that they literally cannot hit you right and i think that's the point you're trying to drive across and it drastically changes a ton of matchups because when you're in disadvantage 
people will force your double jump. That is a very common scenario, right? And even like the Steve ledge trapping stuff, like ledge trapping is a very common scenario. So when yeah. you are able to limit your opponent's options, and I think that's the thing that I love the most about a lot of your tech content. And I've been a fan since the beginning of time, you know, I've competed in brawl, watched a bunch of your videos then. And the fact that you guys understand what is practical and what is not, and you guys have learned so much throughout many different iterations of the game is something that I really appreciate. Yeah. Thanks, you yeah. You, uh, you used to do, you were talking about doing footstool up be with Falco. Cause it did like 40 something percent. Like, mad early into the game i'm watching Larry on elite smash yeah exactly now i'm like what the heck three four yeah. years later we, we're in there yeah and, i mean like the parry footstool comboing video and like mm -hmm. all the comments were just like footstool's never gonna happen it's too hard it's like it was in smash <laughs> it, 4 like it was it, like very yeah. normal to do a footstool combo in smash 4 so yep. to, yeah. and to me like i i feel like the way I look at it, I'm more of just like, I just play, I play by feel and all that stuff. And yeah, I'll look up tech and look up how to like hit people and do all that stuff. And that's great. But the thing is, is like, I would never look at the game the way you guys do, you know, like that. I would never, if you gave me ultimate, and I had a hundred years to play the game. I would never do exactly what you guys just said. Any of that stuff. Steve would come out and I just would, he just wouldn't be touched. He would barely be unlocked to my switch. You know what I mean? Like it just, <laughs> you wouldn't have any ledge trapping. Like it just wouldn't exist. So I always, Whenever new characters come out, I'm always like, can't wait to see what the labs, you know, what the lab rats do with this character, especially you guys, like, because it's just Kazi. When Kazi came out, I was paying attention. I had my notifications on that day, that's for sure. I was watching you for your channel. For I sure. went full clickbait with him. I was yeah. like, I'm see how many infinites I can find and put infinite in the title. I did not. Um, when do you come out? July? Something like that. Sure. Something like the Smash that, yeah. World tour, like, we had no time, so I was like, I just got to get a couple videos out. I did nothing for Sora. Like, I barely touched nice. that. Like, Wait, what? That character was a landmine for content. I know. Yeah. Bro, my most viewed, like one of the most viewed videos, like if you look me up, is me playing Sora against Mick Banana. Like <laughs> one of the first days that I, I'm like, bro, I've been playing this game for over 10 years. I have thousands of odds. And this video <laughs> from like two weeks ago where I'm playing Sora is my most viewed video. Like y'all... Gims, you could have went stupid. Yeah. If you like that dusty carpet video where he's like, um, yep. he's Good doing like all the combo routes. Like, if you did that, psh, yep. <laughs> Wait, you, should go, you should go watch my. Um, I lose this. No, don't. No. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> turn it up. Turn it up. <laughs> Cut the feed. Cut the feed. Uh, Tweak, you should go watch my 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 first sword stream. Should I? There's probably stuff in there that people still don't do with the character because i just immediately i think that character is good like uh True. sephiroth right when sephiroth came out you know that like up b next to the ledge two frame yeah mm -hmm. yeah i did that like within 30 minutes of my stream when it first came out that and took me, that took me longer than that to find out <laughs> what the heck this is what we're talking about Got little landmines in there of <laughs> me just going what about this i i want to ask you two for your current top five of ultimate for characters uh, for, okay, I need to get a character list up first, so I don't forget. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do end game for mine. Okay. Ooh. Potential. Like your top better. five potential. Yeah. Do you like, all think what? yours is gonna be similar, or do you think it's gonna be a different top five for you two? I, don't I bet it's similar. Yeah, I bet it's similar. We don't talk tears a lot. Okay. Okay. We talk tech mostly. Yeah, I'm actually an anti tier list person. I was gonna <laughs> ask, what are you in general? Wow. How do you guys feel about anti tier, -tier list? list? Um. So. Remember I said I'm more on the micro? 
type of side, not the macro. I just don't think I'm very, um, just not one of my strengths to be able to like think of 90 different characters and like, yeah, that makes sense. Like I'm very good at like going like this character is way better than you think. Right. Like, but then, you know, comparing them to like, yeah, but there's this character that like can run 10 times faster than everybody else. And like, do whatever they want so you gotta compare it to that i'm like oh yeah crap <laughs> it's hard um, yeah maybe this question hard. is too hard though but yeah because yeah i'm now i'm thinking about what's the factors that matter the most like that's where my head goes it's like is it is it how much you get off a hit is it your ability to avoid getting hit is it your yep. ability to get hits is it you know like there and then it's like or is it your ability to control the pace of the game the way you want to I think those are like the four main factors that decide what a good character is, that who's the best character. And I just don't know the answer to those questions. But I think that's it. If, if you have all four of those things more than anyone else, you're the best character. Because uh, um, stats are like speed stat. That's really good on a like player level. Like that kind of thing's good on a player level because it's like, oh, can I get you to rise to this bait? Can I get you to not play this right? You know, I don't consider that. I consider that a talent that a player has to bring out of the character and not the character being good. Even though it is something the character has, it's not, it's like at that point, it's like, well, you're baiting. When you fall for a bait, that's a player failure, right? That's not, the character is good. So I fell for the bait because they'll come someone along, someone will come along and be like, I'm not falling for that. Like a good example of that was in Smash 4 at um, uh, GTX, I think, and it was Elegant versus MK Leo, and it was Luigi versus Cloud, and he was like, Cloud was like, oh, I'm gonna throw unlimited buttons at you because I get to, and he was just inching forward. And to me, I was like, as dumb as this sounds, cause like I'm not a good player or anything, I was like, why aren't people, I, I was always wondering why people weren't doing that already. I was wondering why people against Diddy Kong weren't just not pushing buttons. Like, oh, Diddy Kong's so good. But it's like, he has a banana in his hand. He's just waiting for you to push a button. Like, make him wait so long till you get the advantage. Like, till you get into a range where it's like, okay, now now it's about frame data. I know, like, all this is easier said than done. And it's like, yes. require you playing as a robot. But that's kind of like, when it's just talking about how good characters are, how I think about it. I think that's such a part of the human condition in playing, not just Smash, like any game. It's just you want to hit the buttons. You want the satisfaction of landing hits. You want to play the game. You want to play the game, right? That's not how it works, though, obviously. Not not every time. Some matchups you can do that, and sometimes you can't. But, Gims, hit us with your five. Let's go. Well, so just to add on to what Matt was saying, this is going to sound really dorky, but I also think that, like, there is a science, right, to it all to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Like you really broke it all down and you learn everything. But I do think that like the way people think about who's good and who's not, there's like a philosophical aspect to it of like how they look at the world a little bit and it just affects everything with, with your viewpoint. Whoa. So I just, I, I never <laughs> like when someone like says their point of view or something, it's like, I never like to just like dunk on them, even if I think they're wrong. Cause I'm just like, you know, like who's to say? You don't I'm want right? us to dunk on any characters. It's cool, man. Like, oh no, I, I'll gonna... say, I don't care about tier lists, <laughs> so I'll say whatever I want. And I always have wild takes. So okay, uh, nice. Like, all right, so this one's gonna be, I won't, I won't top five. I'll just say some things that might sound wild. Okay. Um, okay. Ooh. Some, I like that better. Picks. Yeah. Any I take think, on it is fine. I Let's think go. end game 
Like if we're talking people, people are practicing like melee. There's millions of dollars on the line. People super give a shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think, that doesn't happen. Lefton already told us that, but yeah, I sure. think that Lucas is top ten. Wow. We okay. We'll save it for the tier list episode. Okay. But fair enough. Yep. End game. Practicing their asses off to be able to do anything. Wait. So what? What justifies Lucas? Is it like you just blew Marcus goals? Like what, what's head. happening? What's going on? Here? <laughs> yeah. Why? Um, yeah. Yeah. Why? If you're if you're able to get through ultimate's hurdles when it comes to movement, it's something yeah. no one's really been able to get over yet. Um, the restrictions that the game has because of dumb macros and stuff. Um, this character is just like super floaty, can move whenever they want. It's also a fast follower. Has a I don't even know what that forward air is. Um, <laughs> like like the character has some very clear weaknesses, but I think that. Uh, if you're good enough, it's like, it doesn't really matter. Like, obviously, when people are high up, right, it's like, Lucas has, like, no button that's just, like, I can deal with you, like, game watch and error or anything like that when people are jumping in the air. But the character's, like, ground to, like, half full hype hot level is just, like, ridiculous. Like, absolutely insane. Um, okay. So, that's just... Okay. Leave yeah, it for yeah, later. Yeah. Let's leave it for later. Let's, let's give right. us some time. Who brought him on the show? What the heck? Lucas Tom. You No judgment zone right now. All right. No I think, and this is this is one I always get people player. going, I'm stupid. I think Wolf's top five. That's fine. But this is the kind of part of the game I don't want to happen because if someone was really using his drift and really camping, mm-hmm. it would be so annoying. Mm-hmm. Like Who? obviously Wolf? he doesn't say that again. Yes. Wolf. Oh. Like if someone was like not interacting, like I am just going to correct. Yes, H box Jigglypuff melee move around whenever I want. Dang, know dude. when all of your reactable ranges are and just mm, like mix you up constantly. The characters gonna be mad annoying. I, uh, I like it, but requires like, like a like a Omega Brawl mentality. So I just don't even know if it's possible because everyone likes pressing buttons in this game. Everyone's aggressive, which I like. So I I, I hope I am wrong. Well, plus people don't even convert correctly with Wolf and camp. Like no one, no one like touches you with Wolf, deals seventy, and then camps you. Like no one does it. So yeah, I, I'm with you on that one, Gims. Let's go. <laughs> I think that the player Diddy base Kong is trash. Is, All right, moving on. I think Diddy Kong is a little overrated. No. Oh, no like that. Hear me out. Hear me out. Wrong word. Wrong I think, word. I think the character's still like amazing. Don't get yes. me wrong, but. Uh, just like whenever I'm messing around with a character, I'm like, okay, let's look, okay, let's do this Lucas thing again, right? But I don't even know if it's possible with Diddy to do that. Like, what it would do to your fingers? Yeah. Oh, dude! To you be got moving, twenty minutes like, to play against Gavin right now. <laughs> like, sure. just like what happened to doing this? Like, this seems like you're going back on your word of like advanced can do it all. Like, you just gave Lucas top ten. Like, advanced. Can I think do it Lucas all. is manageable though. I think Diddy's like you got to do this really Poor weird. Human. I guess if you had like a very specific controller setup, maybe like so. Hitbox. I changed. Box Diddy, I box changed Diddy. my controls for Diddy, and at one point my hands and my arms were like really hurting, and I literally had to start lifting like weights to strengthen my wrists and stuff. Like I have like oh weights God. somewhere down the hallway, specifically because of everything you're talking about. It, it's he's a lot, and I'm. So glad that we're gassing up how hard Diddy is because 
Some people just don't don't know. Gavin Dude, Teagle's just I still hate playing against Diddy. Though. <laughs> oh, absolutely. yeah. The thing is, he can be really, really bread and butter and like really just normal good character, but he can do some crazy shit. Um, still yeah, top twenty, right? Like Bearman. What? Still like top twenty Bearman, right? Yeah, oh, more than that. I would. Oh say. yeah, I think. Bearman. Yeah, I think he's. Yeah, yeah. He's maybe, ridiculous. Maybe, maybe, top twenty-five at worst. Maybe ten. Wait. No. Wait for Genesis, dude. Wait till our tier list episode coming out soon. <laughs> That's a teaser. There you go. Oh yeah, Joker, I can't wait. Obviously broken. Um, <laughs> Who? Joker? Joker's future proof. I think that's what makes him the most broken. I like that. Like because Larson. I mean, like well, you Arson have to play. And, I wouldn't say you have to play honest. I just think you have to be like really consistent with Joker, and that's why Leo is so good with him because until Larson comes out, but because Leo is just the most consistent player ever. Yeah, like, he is. So. He's just like, oh, I have to do this like very specific combo and react to hitting this to hit the combo. Okay, I did it my first try, and I just never miss it ever again <laughs> in my life. Uh, so, so I think that your idea of the, um, how to play characters is completely wrong. Me? Yeah, I think your idea of like, <laughs> oh man, you're gonna be able to, you're gonna be able to lame people out. Well, I don't think you're gonna be able to lame people out in the long run. I think in the long run, people are gonna figure out how to play against that and i know that this is a this is actually a hot take because almost every fighting game and smash game in history you win by being more defensive and learning how to be more defensive but i actually think there's so many mechanics in this game that punish you for doing that like there's so many characters that could punish you for doing that like Mm -hmm. just by just by existing and you not interacting with them wario hero uh, joker yeah you just think of all the characters Steve, yep. so that's why none yeah, of that in my that. opinion it, like you're gonna have to learn how to be good at being aggressive i'm not saying there won't be matchups hmm. where it makes sense to be defensive but i mean even just like like flood and water gun existing you can't yeah well can't i guess camp in the air to complain a little bit better i mean to to, to uh describe the wolf thing a little bit better the the idea isn't that you're always camping the idea is that like you're just like the way you're playing is so hard to pin down that when you do explode on someone and hit them, you just like, like Charles is saying, do 70%. I, I think Wolf's stop five because I, I just don't, I just, <laughs> I just don't think the way you said to play him is how you get a top five Wolf. Wolf, Wolf is not, Fox is better. Fox is better. Fox is really stupid. I got it. I just that. never feel scared. Hey, Pink, we said it, right? Sonic, Fox, who else was it? Mario, when the game first came out, we were like, these are better than the old versions. And people were like, oh, my character sucks now. And I have. Like, it's all good. That was we're, the best era. we're leaking my tier list right now, but okay. Sonic is top three in the whole game. It's like, very, I, it's very okay. Gavin here's the thing about Sonic. I know Sonic's that good in my heart. I mean, in my head. But my heart hates Sonic, so I don't want to give it to him. And I know that's a dumb way to think. That's a dumb way to think. He won't, he give, won't, it he won't give it up. He will I, not give it up. I just refuse to respect that character. And, All right. and I've already made it clear. I give him top three I, because I, I don't respect it. It's like a top three of, like, hatred. Like, <laughs> Well, then I'm in. <laughs> I got I got a um, – uh, Something you should do on your stream. I know you don't really do things like this. You just like to play the game, but you should do like a Sonic hit confirm like contest where like you do the spin dash and then you like uh, 
spin around in your chair and catch your controller again, and you'll still have time to like react to the spin dash hitting for another person and just see Kill if you confirm, can make that happen. Yeah. yeah. How many things can you do in the time for the kill confirm? <laughs> It's one spin around, two spin arounds, a loop de loop. I just feel like that moves. Um, like you know, there's like a there's programming involved with how hitstone works in the game, right? Like it's unless it's like a crumple or something like that. There's like math to how it works. But then when that move hits somebody, like and you know you set the computer to air dives, you're just like, what? What's going on here? Like it just doesn't it doesn't fit the normal programming. It's like what is it like? It's almost two seconds. I feel when you hit them with that, you have time. Yes. I, I yeah, I think it's like an electric, they, yeah. Yeah, they were like this this move if you can't combo off it, what's the point? Like it's like it's the sonic thing. Like yeah. it's like that's a thing where it's like they wanted the character so to bad. be sonic more than they wanted him to be balanced. I actually think in, in my opinion that character is the worst designed character in all of Smash. It like I played Sonic games and it does uh -oh. not feel like I'm playing Sonic when I oh, no. played Sonic. I, oh, I wasn't. I, I wasn't saying that that it was done well. I was saying right, that's right, why right. they did that. That's why. Right. I, I understand that. Exactly. But it's just like when your character is literally just doing two moves in neutral, like that is so whoa. boring. And it's what two. three? Whoa, whoa, three. whoa, whoa, whoa! One. I don't prescribe to to that argument. <laughs> I think that Girls, yeah, you're one of the. I think if if you're if. Your strength is one move. You should just do it over and over, and it could be very beautiful. I do play Game Watch. Like <laughs> and I only have one neutral move that I can use in the air. But People uh, love Cloud. No, but like I think that it's like – I think it's a little deeper than that. That's just like the face of, of what's annoying about it. When right. It's just 80% of what they do. It's so. uh, <laughs> But I don't want to play about Sonic because – uh, I, I, just like use I just use withdrawal. Like I think we, we've hated on Sonic's enough. Let's let him. He's gonna yeah. watch this and he's gonna be like, "Oh, I, I'm just talking about the character. The players are great. I don't do whatever you want, man. The oh, character, yeah, the character itself was just. Yeah, this just, I just somehow got design. to this point after I said Sonic was top three. I actually play against Sonic like so much that like. Is it online? Yeah. Yeah, dude. It's I'm a. I have the training weights on, you know what I mean? Like, I, I'll, I'll fight anything online. It's just how I practice. I don't you can know. time out Sonic, you can time out any character. That's just, like, oh, that is the way you If you, you can just willingly that. play against it for, like, a long enough period of time, you'll become mentally... You have to. Yeah. What's your I other called... option? To, like, ignore the problem, pretend it doesn't exist, and just lose every time? Like, that's your other I still option. lose sometimes. <laughs> yeah. You have a better chance now than if you didn't. Yeah. After the first patch that Puff got buffed, I called high tier, but Damn. the last patch is really stupid good, so like can't really <laughs> take a lot of credit for that. <laughs> uh, right, the fourth throw alone. Yeah, the it just kills some characters, dude. It sure it does. Yeah, when yeah, I um bro. I made when when the fourth throw got changed, I made a video about Puff's changes and I spent like four minutes explaining how important it was, like that new four air four throw angle. Yeah, I was just like, because like that's the type yeah. of thing that it's really hard for like a mid level, low level player to see. Right. Like, right. oh, it just got changed this angle that you throw because you have to think of like eight million things after that throw that the opponent can do now that, that they're off stage, and it's just really hard to to contextualize. Kind of go to go back to what Charles said about like um, it's not just that we we're good at finding tech, like we know like if it's actually useful. This is something that's like really interesting to me because when I first started labbing, I was really bad at that. And I'd post tech 
and they would just be like, this is trash and all that <laughs> stuff. But now I get tagged. I would by, console him. <laughs> I tag people all, I get tagged by people all the time and they're like showing me this tech that's really not useful. And like, I don't like, I just, I just feel like I have to respond nicely. Right. Cause I'm just like, like what do I do from this point? I'm just like crush them. And then they never lab again. Like, I don't know. Cause I used to be there. I used to be putting out stuff and I didn't get why it didn't actually make anything better. And that they were to give this obvious option. That's way better than Tell it about your Melee game and watch video. My, my, I... <laughs> my verse tech ever was thinking that I figured out how to get a nine. Uh, <laughs> I just, I knew oh, it. I knew God. it. Of course. Yeah. I was not right. I did get like three in a row though. I, uh, I, as a kid, I found like a footstool setup with uh, with Bowser Jr. into a jab walk in Smash Four because like you just couldn't tech the footstools and stuff. Bro, I titled it like "Footstool Setup OMG" all caps on YouTube. It's still up there to this day. What? I think I used to argue with people in Brawl that Lucas had a distance where it was set for him to trip you every single time. <laughs> that wasn't true. true, but I would I would I would be like, bro. Oh, I'm at the spacing, and then it would trip, and then I would do it again, and it would trip, and then I would be like, I think I'm at the spacing, and it would trip, and I would be like, I spaced it wrong. So I think tripping an ultimate is really cool the way it works, but I hate people who like combo off the trip without reacting. Like they just read oh, the, just they just go for the trip. Oh. And I'm they like, trip I, yeah, I, no, yeah. but they're, they're like, they're not, cause you can react. It's hard, but you can react. And, <laughs> and I, and I'm just, and I'm just like annoyed that like, that's the way you play the game. You just read that the trip's going to happen. Like it makes me No, think man, you don't even get it. They aren't reading that the trip happened. They were going to do that regardless. If the yeah, trip yeah, happened. The that's what I'm saying. That's no. what I'm saying. I'm like, I'm like, you're garbage. Like <laughs> another thing I want to, I want to get off my chest is. How much I just hate platforms. As soon as I realized how good platforms were, I hate them and I hate people. And this is everyone probably, so I'm sorry, everyone. But I hate people who like think that's more neutral in Smash. Like that platforms are like just this neutral thing. Like they think of the they think of the game that way. I know it's like doesn't make sense because all the stages have platforms. So it does so it makes sense to consider that part of neutral. I just think flatter stages are more neutral and more, I guess, fair. I don't really have an argument for that. It's just the way I see it. It's like you're just actually fighting the spacing of the character's abilities, not like, oh, now I get this like easy to space. Man, you gotta you gotta switch to a fighting game, man. You're, <laughs> <laughs> you're speaking the wrong you're really language. You're trying to force them into your uh Domain expansion. Hey, <laughs> hey, 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 hey. But, but, but once I get there, I'll be the most hated player on Earth. Fair enough. Keep Matt has a, a squirrel option. Don't Please don't explain it. I won't. But he has a squirrel option select <laughs> with a forward tilt that when he masters it, like, does three different things on hit, shield, and whiff. Oh, uh, wait. Yeah, hit, shield, and whiff. So that's the kind of he wants to get you in that situation. Is it for a guaranteed trip box at a certain distance though? That's the real question. Hey. You know, um, forward tilt actually does trip. Yes. Uh what was I gonna say? Multi <laughs> trip. Well, 
guys, I think this was a really great episode of Tweet Talks. So are there any closing words from Gimmer Apostle? Anything you guys want to say? Last words going around the podcast? Um, support our events. Pound, Double Down, Glitch, Xanadu. Crap, I forget. Not SmashCon. Apex. Well, you should go to SmashCon. You should Apex. go, though. But it's not your event, is what Ripped. I mean. SWTC. Just come out. Show support. Bring go. in those venue fees, baby. <laughs> yeah. Going. Growing. Doing new cool things. Hell yeah. That's awesome. Thank you so much, y'all. Matt, you want to say something? No, I'm good. You said everything I was going to say. <laughs> and uh, oh, yeah. When you're on our stream, play one really weird character for just one game. <laughs> there you go. There like you go. anyone? If you want that. Anyone uh, that no one plays. That thumbnail fame. <laughs> Isabel, K. Rule. You got a list? Duck you got a list? Ken? If, if, if Duck Hunt doesn't start doing well, then yeah. But if there's a good Duck Hunt, then nobody's going to watch Duck Hunt because the character is <laughs> a little difficult to watch sometimes. <laughs> True. All right, GG's guys. That was great. Thank you so much. All right. See, see you. See you.